0: G'day and welcome to the Dolby Anglican Podcast. My name is David and I'm one of the ministers at Dolby Anglican Parish. We're a church that's all about knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. And if you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit anglicandolby.org.au. This week we're beginning a new preaching series called What Happened Next, focusing on the book of Acts. And this week's sermon is entitled A Growing and Generous Church and it focuses on Acts chapter 2. We hope you enjoy the sermon.
1: The first reading is from Acts chapter 2, verses 14a, 22 to 24, 37 to 47, found on page 1349 of the Pew Bibles. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, Him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized. Those who accepted his message were baptised, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Thanks be to God. May the words of
0: my lips and the thoughts of our hearts be guided by you, our Lord, our Redeemer, our Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Well, friends, today we are starting a new series called What Happened Next, focusing on the book of Acts. Acts is the book that tells us what happened after Easter week after Jesus' resurrection. Now the book has traditionally been called the Acts of the Apostles, but it's more accurately called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. I encourage you to find it now. It's after the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, went to bed with their trousers on. And then we have <laughs> <laughs> and then we have Acts. Um, <laughs> Acts and Acts 2 is where we're going to be focusing Today and that's the reading that uh, Sally just read. So after Jesus died and rose again, he appeared to hundreds of people, five hundred in all. Corinthians tells us, in his resurrection body, walking, talking, and eating among his friends. But he always told his disciples that he would have to go. He would have to ascend to the Father in heaven, and make way for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Jesus appeared for 40 days, then he ascended into heaven, just as he said he would. And since that day, he has been ruling and reigning from heaven at God's right hand. Now, for 10 days, following Jesus' ascension, the disciples prayed. They prayed with expectation. They knew that they had a job to do. Jesus tells them in Matthew 28, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And surely I will be among you until the end of the age. They knew they had a job to do, but they didn't know how to do it. And they also had another commandment from Jesus. He said, wait, wait in Jerusalem until the coming of the paraclete, until the coming of the helper, until the coming of the Holy Spirit. They needed God's power to fulfill this mighty mission. The church wasn't static at this time. They were meeting, they were praying. Jesus is risen, but nothing seems to be happening. But yet everything is happening. Finally, after 10 days of waiting, a little bit like shaking up a can of Coke, you know it's going you know to explode, it does. <laughs> the Holy Spirit comes in power at Pentecost, and we're going we're gonna to focus on that on Pentecost Day and on those readings a little bit more, but our reading today is set there. The Holy Spirit descends in a one-time miraculous event. The disciples spill out of the room where they're praying and find themselves in the temple court proclaiming that Jesus is Lord in the heart languages of the people who traveled from all over the world to worship God in the temple. And suddenly, Peter rises. And he declares uh, these words in Acts 2. If you want to be on page... um, 1350 of your pew bibles to focus on this he he says to them just at the top of the page men of israel listen to this jesus of nazareth was a man accredited by god to you by miracles wonders and signs which god did among you through him as you know you yourselves know this man was handed over to you by god's set purpose and foreknowledge And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him up from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Peter, the guy who denied Jesus three times, gets up and boldly proclaims the resurrection. Peter, in a sense, in this moment, is resurrected. This is the power
2: of the Holy Spirit. This is the power of
0: Jesus' resurrection. It resurrects us. It turns our lives upside down and gives us the clarity to see what truly matters. And for Peter, what truly matters is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. He could have talked about anything. He could have focused on amazing phenomena happening in front of him. He could have focused on the temple. He could have focused on the weather. He could have focused on the infinite power of human potential. But instead, he focuses on the
2: cross. Notice how for Peter, Christ's
0: life, death, and resurrection are all vital for understanding the gospel. Some think that Jesus' life and ministry are more important than his death. Some obsess over the glory, gory details of the cross. And others are so caught up in a resurrected and victorious Jesus that they forget
2: everything that happened before.
0: But for Peter, it all fits together. The coming of the Holy Spirit is Peter's chance to make up for his public denial of Jesus. Three times he denied Jesus. Now he publicly declares Jesus as Lord, filled with the Holy Spirit, risen like a lion. And he shows us how the story fits together. The Spirit empowers Peter to see how the whole Bible comes together and how the cross is central to it all. He shows us how there's a rich tapestry of salvation history recorded for us. He gives us a long and meandering sermon. He quotes from the book of Joel. He quotes from the Psalms. He lifts up Israel's history. But Peter's big point is that Jesus is Lord. All of Israel's history, all of salvation history, is his story. The story of Jesus. Now, if Peter were to get up in Dolby Shopping World today, he might tell the same story, but I guarantee you he would have told it differently. The same crux of the story. But he might quote different parts of the Bible. He might even draw on different aspects of our culture, our stories, our history, our poetry, our cinema and culture. But the focus would be the cross. The big thing that we can learn from Peter's sermon here is that when we get the opportunity, we need to put the cross at the center of our witness and show people what it means for them. We need to share the gospel in a way that helps people see where they fit in the story and also to see that God belongs at the center of their lives too. Friend, if you were given the opportunity to speak about Jesus, to explain Easter to someone, to explain why there's hope in your heart, could you do it? Could you do it? This is why understanding the book of Acts is so vital for our understanding of the story. This is why what happens next is so important for us. Acts in the Bible has 28 chapters, but you and I are living in Acts 29. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection aren't just historical events that we can leave in last Sunday. Jesus is still saving lives and redeeming the world today. Historians point out that the gospel. The spread of Christianity is the fastest spreading idea that happened without force the world has ever seen. Just 20 years after Jesus rose from the dead, Paul wrote a letter to Christians living in Rome. One of the reasons Christianity spread so fast is because it helped people make sense of their lives. The story of the cross helps us realize that we are more wicked and sinful than we ever can admit to ourselves.
2: And yet at the same time, we are more loved
0: by God than we could ever fathom. We are resurrection people. And without the cross, our lives don't make sense. Sadly, throughout history and today, many have tried to downplay the cross. John Stott, an Anglican theologian in The Cross of Christ, uh, says this. All Christian preachers, Peter included, uh, have to face this issue. Either we preach that human beings are rebels against God under his judgment and have left to themselves lost And that Christ crucified, who bore their sin and cursed, is the only available saviour. Or we emphasise human potential and human ability. With Christ brought in only to boost them. And with no necessity for the cross except to exhibit God's love and so inspire us to greater endeavour. The former is the way to be faithful. The latter way is a way to be popular
2: it is not possible to be faithful and popular simultaneously.
0: Peter's message is cutting. In the book of Acts, whenever the Spirit inspires Peter to preach, his focus is on the cross. And as people do this, sorry, as Peter preaches, the people repent. Look at verse 37 with me. make his audience feel good. It's not designed as an uplifting, inspirational pep talk. The people see their role in Jesus' death.
2: They are cut to the heart and ask themselves, what do we do? They're at a loose end, but Peter won't leave them here. And so he has good news. God knows we're not perfect. He doesn't expect that of us. He doesn't want us to earn our salvation.
0: Jesus has won that already. Instead, God calls us to repentance, to turn our lives towards him and to orientate orientate our whole selves around how he wants us to live. When we do this, Peter promises, God will give us the Holy Spirit. He'll give us the Holy Spirit to help us do the work that God has for us.
2: Notice also that Peter isn't preaching private religion here. This good news is for you,
0: for your children, and for all who are far off. One of the reasons why many of our churches are struggling today is that we haven't passed our faith on to our children, on to the next generation. Faith is something we should talk about with our families whenever we can. It should come home with us after church. It's something we should share with the people in our lives. Children, if you've got children in your lives. Grandchildren, if you've got grandchildren in your lives. Reading Bible stories, praying and bringing them to church whenever we have the opportunity. Many kids don't have that opportunity. And that's why it's so wonderful that we've got our SU Chappies with us in the building today. And they're going to share more with us in the mission spot about how they are bringing the gospel. How they are shining God's light in their settings. Friends, if Jesus is the most important person in our lives, surely we can introduce him to the people that we share our lives with. As Peter preaches this simple message, verse 41 tells us this. Verse 41. Those who accepted this message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Now, as we, as we start a series in Acts, it's important that we have a bit of a disclaimer around Acts. There's going to be some amazing miracles that are one off events. There's going to be some huge outpourings of the Spirit and amazing numbers of people being added to the church. At this point, we need to remember that every time Peter preached, he didn't get the same reaction. Sometimes he preached and he got thrown into jail and no one got baptized. Sometimes only a few cared what he had to say. But here
2: today, 3,000 people are saved. Numerical growth
0: is something we should hope for, pray for, plan for, and work towards. And that's why um, also today we're going to be praying for our parish council and commissioning them. If our church
2: isn't growing We're not reaching out to those who
0: are far off. Something is off. That's why it's so encouraging that our mission as a church is that we're all about knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. That's our goal as
2: a church. May we never, ever forget it.
0: Because as we fulfill our role, inspired by the Holy Spirit as God's people, God's kingdom comes as the people repent and are baptized god's kingdom comes amongst them look at verse 42 on the top of page 1351 It says this they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles all the believers were together and had everything in common selling their possessions and goods they gave them to anyone as he had need Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Friends, this is an ordinary church. There's nothing flashy or extraordinary going on. Pentecost didn't happen every single Sunday. And yet these are the things that should mark the church still today. First of all, we see a devotion to the Apostles' teaching, which today, the Apostles' teachings, we find in the Bible. Breaking bread together, sharing meals and communion as a church family. Sacrificial generosity, giving our time, our talents and
2: our treasures to the mission of God people in Jerusalem, they shared generously and no one was in need. They devoted
0: themselves to fellowship, to growing in relationship with each other. On a Thursday, um, as a church, we had 12 volunteers that went out to a clearing sale to support a church family. And it was just beautiful how we got to serve the community, but also how as we cooked and as we served, um, just people chatted, people did, did life together, and relationships grew. That's fellowship. The last thing we see in this church in Acts is a devotion to outreach and discipleship. People are growing as disciples. Friends, these are the marks of the church we need to be praying for them today. We don't need to be the biggest, the flashiest, or the most powerful church in the land. We just need to be an ordinary church made up of ordinary disciples who continue to do what Christians have always done.
2: Walk in the footsteps of Christ.
0: As we pray for our parish council this morning, as we celebrate our mission partners, let's ask the Holy Spirit to make our church an ordinary church, just like the one in Acts. And as we explore what happened next, let's pray that the Holy Spirit would continue his acts in us. Let's pray that we would become a
2: growing and generous church.